0: Yeah, I'm going to bring God's word. Um, wasn't that some worship we had this morning? I love that song, He Came to My Rescue. Great job, great job. So, Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for this house. Father, I just want to thank you for the leaders in this house, Lord God. Father, for those that step up and step out, Lord God. Father, for all that you pour into them, Lord. Father, for our senior leaders, Lord God, Father, we just ask that you bless Noel this morning and Bray and bless him as he brings the word of God. Bless Robin Lozoto, Lord God, and bless Jay Sullivan as he brings the word tonight in Clondalkin. Father, we just ask, Lord God, let your glory come. Let it come, Father. Let it come this morning, Lord. Father, I will look forward to the day, Father, when I see gold dust fall in this house, Lord God. Father, we are waiting in expectancy for that, Lord God. And Father, we just ask, let your glory come this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, you're very welcome this morning. If it's your first time, it's great to have you in the house this morning with us. I'm Louise, and I'm one of the preachers here in the house, if you don't know me. Um, And if you haven't been here, we have been doing a series on Psalms. So, the book of Psalms, and uh, we get to choose which psalm that we... Would like to preach from. And I don't know why, but the Lord gave me Psalm 29. And if you want to go there, I think it's on the screen. Um, Sam might have that there for me. Sam, Sam. Great. Very little ring to that. Um, So, yeah, so Psalm 29. And it's a very kind of a different type of a Psalm. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it now. But also with that Psalm. I'm going to be referring to Matthew 8.24. So David, when he wrote this psalm, David was in a a different season. Um, And this particular psalm, when he wrote it, he found himself in a thunderstorm. And it was a thunder and lightning and a windstorm. And, um, you know, David was a man that went through many, many storms personally, spiritually, um, professionally. And um, so he knew what it was like to go through storms. But here he is, and he's writing this psalm. And when he's writing this psalm, he's giving honor to God. And he's declaring who God is in this psalm. And when you read it, you will see the magnificent God creator that we actually are honor and we serve here this morning and we're just going to go through it it says ascribe to the Lord you heavenly beings ascribe to the Lord glory and strength go ahead Sam ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness the voice of the Lord is over the waters the God of glory thunders the Lord thunders over the mighty waters The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare, and his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Amen. So here we have David, and David is given honor to God And he just paints this beautiful picture of God's character, of God's strength, and of who God is. And God revealed through this psalm his great power. But he also reveals um, his nature throughout this psalm. And what we can learn in this psalm is to trust God. We can actually learn to trust God. We can learn to trust God for the peace and the strength to weather the storms of life. You know, when he wrote Psalm 8, and when you go through the book of Psalms and different seasons of David's life, you get to see the different stages of where he was personally. And when he wrote Psalm 8, he was actually writing that psalm under the moonlight. Isn't that class. And then when he wrote Psalm 19, he wrote it on a sunny morning. And you can look at those scriptures and it will tell you. But when David wrote Psalm 29... He was in a violent thunderstorm. And lightning rose up. And this storm happened to come up off the Mediterranean Sea. And when others were trembling around David at the time, David actually chose to be cheerful at this time. David chose not to be fearless. Not to be fearful, but he actually chose to be fearless. And I want us to take a look as well, if we go to one of the Gospels. And in one of the Gospels, it talks about the storms. And in the Gospel of Mark, Luke and Matthew, it talks about Jesus when he's on the, in the boat with the disciples and when they're in the storm. And he gives a great picture in these scriptures of what actually happened that day. But you know, in Luke 8 in particular, it starts off with Jesus saying to the disciples. He says, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So that's the opening line in Luke A. He said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they set off and they go out together and they go to go to another place. So as they set off, they go to go to another place. And I want, to, I want you to keep that in the forefront of your mind. He invites his disciples into something. He wants to teach them something. He wants them to learn a lesson. And they don't fully grasp what Jesus is actually doing. So let's have a look. It's, it's in Luke 8. And it says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and they set out and as they sailed, he fell asleep and a squall came came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and they woke him saying, master, master, we're going to drown. So he got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. And he turned to them and he said to them, Where is your fate? He asked his disciples that had been with him for so long, Where is your fate? And in fear and amazement, the disciples asked one another, Who is this? Who is this? He commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, this storm that the disciples find themselves in, And when you read up on it and you study it, it's known as a tempest. It's known as a violent wind. It's known as a violent thunderstorm. And it has the power to result into an earthquake. So you can just imagine the fear, the panic that sets in. There's waves crashing in over the boat. The storm grew in intensity. But also the fear in the disciples grew in intensity. The boat they feel is going to go down. They feel that the boat is going to go under. And you know, it's a natural feeling, it's a a natural instinct. If you're in a boat and you're met with this storm, you're going to have the same type of feelings, that you're going to feel that the boat is going to go down. As humans, we often feel this, though, when our own storms arise in our lives, when our own boats are filling with water, that we are going to go down, that we're going to go under. You know, the power and the forces of this storm that took place, it literally, literally shook the whole lake. And you know, the disciples, they felt every part of it. They felt every tossing, every frown. They felt every force of the waves, every crashing of the water coming in. They felt every downpour of rain coming from heaven. They heard and they felt every howling of the wind, every roar of thunder, every strike of lightning. They felt every part of that in the boat that day. They were in it. They were in the eye of the storm that day. And in their voice, there's fear. There's panic. And they run to the master and they go to the master and they say, Master, Master, don't you know we're going to drown don't you know we're going to die? Aren't you aware of the situation? Don't you care that we're in danger? You see, up to this point, what the disciples witnessed next was the incredible power in Jesus' speech. You see, Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. He rebuked the thunder, he rebuked the lightning, he rebuked the roaring sounds that were coming from the winds. And you know the storm stopped. Why did it stop? You see, Jesus has power in his speech. And when you relate it to Psalm twenty nine, we just heard that he ruled over the flood waters. You see, Jesus ruled over creation. And when he speaks, everything comes to a complete calm. And what I love about the disciples, they begin to ask each other, who is this man? They begin to ask in their little group, who is he? You know, they're after being hanging out with him for the last three years. They've seen many miracles. They've seen many things that he's done. And they ask, who is he? And they begin to say, his words are powerful. Now even the wind and the waves obey him. You see, when Jesus speaks, things have to happen. Yeah, that's right. When he speaks, things have to happen. His words were powerful over unclean spirits, over demonic powers, when they would enter into people, when darkness would come upon people. He would speak, and the demonic powers would have to leave. You see, the demonic spirits can't resist his voice. His words were powerful over diseases, and there was many people that came to him with different diseases and different ailments. And the disciples seen him heal many people. Everyone that came to him, he touched you see, when he speaks, things have to happen. Disease can't resist his voice. His words were powerful over a man who was lame for many years. He couldn't walk. He had no strength in his, in his legs. And when this man comes to Jesus, Jesus begins to speak. And power and strength begin to come into this man's body. And he stands up and he begins to walk. You see, when he speaks, things have to happen. When he speaks, when his voice is spoken, things cannot resist the power of Jesus Christ. You know, this is a, a source of comfort for some of us here this morning. When Jesus brought the disciples on that boat trip, he wasn't bringing them out to see the scenery. But he was bringing them out on that boat trip to teach them a lesson. And he wanted to teach them about faith. But he also wanted to teach them that he's in control of everything. Everything. Our God is in control of everything. And I'm sensing this morning that God wants to go after unbelief in this house. Whatever unbelief is a stumbling block for you this morning, God wants to go after that. You see, unbelief will speak to you and unbelief will tell you that God is not going to deliver you out of your storm. Unbelief has to come under the subjection of Jesus Christ. When unbelief is rising up and when Jesus speaks to that thing, unbelief cannot resist His voice. You know, at the beginning I told you to remember That opening line, when Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. You see, at the beginning of Luke, he told the disciples this. He said, we're going to the other side. But when he asks them, where is your faith? He says to them, where is your faith? Why did you not believe? Why did you not believe when I told you, when we were setting out on this journey, that we are going to the other side? When I speak, there's power in my words. When I speak, there's revelation in my word. When I speak, there's declaration in my words. So when I say... That we're going over to the other side. We're not going to anchor here in this lake. We're not going to go fishing. But we're actually going over here to the other side on a mission. That's where we're going. So we can choose to stay anchored here and stay in our unbelief and stay in our storms of life or we can choose to come over here to the mission of where God is calling us to be. Jesus says when I speak, there's power in my voice. And I love when he's in the boat and when he's taking a nap or when he's taking a rest. And there's different interpretations in the, in the scriptures. But you know, whether he was asleep or whether he's taking a nap, Jesus knew that storm was raging. He knew what was going on. And I love his attitude. <laughs> He's not worried about the storm. He just gets up, as casual as can be, and he begins to silence the storm, be still, be quiet. He knows that the thunder and the waves and the, the lightning and the hell and wind is gonna come under the subjection of his voice. But he says to the disciples. I asked you to come on a journey with me at the beginning. Before we set off to get into this boat, I asked you, we're going on a journey. But this journey requires faith. And it will require you to put your trust in me. You know, if we don't have faith that God is in control, if we don't have faith in the Word of God, if we don't have faith in the things He has called us to do because God has called us to do many things. God has put a mission in each one of us sitting here this morning. Every wave, every storm, everything that rises up against you, every opposition, everything that comes against you, if we don't have faith in who God is, that storm is going to take you down and pull you down. You see, our mission is to get to the other side. Our mission is to get to the other side of that lake. Our mission is not to stay anchored in the lake, but our mission is to move and to move out of that lake. You see, the mission that's on the other side is to bring the lost out of darkness. It's to help the oppressed. It's to help the brokenhearted. It's to help those that are hopeless. We all have storms. All of us have storms. All of us have storms in this room. I have storms. I've been through many of them over the years. But we all have a voice. God put a voice in each one of us that when that storm rises, we have the authority to tell it, be still, be quiet, and come under the subjection of the blood of Jesus. When we get to the other side, there's a mission waiting for us. And our mission is to use our voice and it's to declare who God says He is. Psalm 29, He says that He rules over the floodwaters. That's who our God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm getting fired up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, they say you you preach out of where you've come out of. And I think that's where my preaching is coming from, folks. You know, I've been in many storms over the last couple of years and 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 yeah, and hanging on and, and waiting for God to come through and trusting God and, and, and asking God, please increase my faith. You know, will you just keep me? You know, and and I've shared la- the other week when I was preaching of the journey that God brought me on, and and I've gone into work as a special needs assistant, and and I told you all that the other week. But about a month ago, I got a phone call or a text, and um, and in the text message, I was asked, would I go as a special needs assistant on a Christian camp called Pulse, and. There was two boys that had never been on this camp. One had severe autism and the other had Asperger's. Is that how you say it? And uh, But these two young guys, one was 17 and one was 15. So I was asked, would I go? And there was a little bit of kind of healthy fear in me, if I'm honest. and uh, Because I'm going away with two guys. I'd never met them before in my life. I'd never met their mothers, never met the family, none of that. So... But there was something in my spirit leaping and there was also a voice here saying you're gone you're gone so and i'm trying to stall this and i'm trying to delay it and i text back and i said okay send me the mother's number i'll ring her blah 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 i'll find out what the needs are all of that so ring the mother find out what the needs are and i said okay let's meet so i go and i meet the two lads they love ikea Love Ikea. So we go up the Swedish meatballs, all of that. So we go up there and we meet and we get acquainted and all that. So I'm getting a feel to know these two lads and I find out a little bit about them. And and, um, and one of the things and one of my prayers was that they would have an encounter with the Holy Spirit on this camp. And the prayers of the mothers was that they would have an encounter with the Holy Spirit on this camp. So in the heel of the hunt, there's opposition coming against us, finances, nowhere to stay. These two young lads, they need to have their own room, showers, blah, 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 all of that. So I said, Lord, if you're in this, I know I heard your voice. I know I heard you speaking. And if you're in this, make it happen. So we ended up in a B&B, in this luxury B&B. So the lads are in one room and I'm in the other room. And... I would bring them to the camp every day. The first night that we're there, I'm down the back of the tent, and I'm praying, Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, fall in this place. Holy Spirit. And I'm going up and down, and I'm praying. And the preacher gave a great message, you know, and it was on identity, you know, and I'm watching my two lads. They're sitting in the in the pews, and I'm watching them, and I'm saying, Lord, let them have an encounter with you. Let them, Holy Spirit, have an encounter with you. So the preacher says, For those that don't know Jesus, put your hand up. For those of you that want to re-dedicate your life, put your hands up. So my two lads' arms shot up. I'm like, come on, Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. So they accepted Jesus back into their hearts again. So then it's going on. And he gives an altar call, and I'm saying, Lord, come on, fall in this place, fall on those two young lads, come on, Lord, move, let me see your spirit move, let me see your spirit move. So the two lads are there, the preacher gives an altar call, he said, for those that want to come out, come down the front, well, they were like lightning, I'm telling you, they were nearly climbing over people to get to the front, and they're down in the front, their hands up, worshipping God, praising God. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that they heard your voice. And the voice of these two mothers, they wanted their sons to have an encounter. And those two boys did have an encounter with Jesus that week. They had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And that's not all. The b and B I'm staying in. I know, what time is it? Okay, the b and B I'm staying in. There's a lady in the house and... uh, so maybe in me, I get chatting to her, and uh, so I'm asking her, I said, this is a great house you have, great setup, great B&B, and she said, I only started this as a hobby, and I said, oh really? And she said, yeah, but she said, I had to go into it full time, she said, because my husband had an accident, and she said he has a disability, and I said, gosh, I'm sorry to hear that, and uh, so she said, so this is our bread and butter. So I said to her, Do you mind me asking, what happened to your husband? So she said he was taking a delivery in one day off the truck in their home, taking the delivery in, and next of all, the delivery, whatever it was, fell on top of him. And he fell and he smashed his head off the ground. And he ended up with severe brain damage. Brain injuries, sorry, brain injuries. And uh, so I said to her, so I said so how do you manage with, you know it was a big house I said how do you manage with everything and she said well she said I do find it very stressful at times I very I find it very tough and and all of that so I said do you have help that comes in and she said no and I said and what about your husband does he get help and she said I'm fighting for help at the minute so I said okay she said what I really would like she said is for a gardener to come she said I need a gardener to come she said the gardens were massive they were huge And she said, I'd love a gardener to come. So I said, okay. I said, I'm a woman of prayer. I said, do you believe in God? She said, yeah. I said, let's pray. So we start to pray. That's the boldness of God. So we start to pray. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I said, send a gardener to come and to help this woman. And while we're at it, Lord, will you send someone from occupational health, Father, to help her husband? And while we're at it, Lord, what was the other thing? I forget what the other thing was. She needed help, yeah. So why were at it, Lord? I said, "Will you send someone?" I said, "A helper to help her with the beds and the cleaning and blah 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 and all that." So I go off, do me thing with the boys, and uh, come back that evening, and she says to me, she calls me, Louise. She said, "You'll never guess what? I was down in Little." She said, and I said to somebody, "You wouldn't happen to know a gardener?" I do. My husband's a gardener. <laughs> I said, "Thank you, Jesus." Gets his number, rings him, the gardener shows up. The next morning we're at breakfast and uh, she said, Louise, you'll never guess what. I said, What? She said, uh, she said You'll never guess what. Next of all, the doorbell rings and uh, she said, That's the help. <laughs> With that, this girl comes in, I'm telling you, comes in, has a tray and she's starting to, you know, whatever, take the breakfast stuff, all of that off and um, yeah. So, and I'm just believing for the occupational health. His name is Dan, her name is Breathe. So if you think of her, pray for them. Pray that that man will receive help. So, why did I go through my storms? Because there was somebody waiting on the other side. There's somebody waiting on the other side. So there's somebody, whatever storms you're going through, I don't know what they are, but whatever you're going through, there's somebody waiting on the other side so father we thank you jesus thank you lord hallelujah what time is it okay okay so just come and pull it back in okay psalm 29 you know david throughout the psalm what david did throughout the psalms he he got hold of god he got hold of god he got hold of god And I'm encouraging you this morning, if you don't know God, whatever storms you're going through, get hold of that book. Get hold of the Bible. Get hold of the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. Get in the Psalms. See how David navigated through the good times, the bad times, the high times, the low times. See how he conquered and how God kept him. See how he did it. You see, the promises of God for us are yes and amen. They're in that book. But we've got to declare them over us. We've got to believe that they're for us. When we have a relationship with Jesus, you will see the promises of God coming to pass. If you've only got one toe in the water, my friend, you need to jump in. You need to jump in the storm. You see, David knew who God was. David pays honor to God in Psalm 29. Psalm, if we get that up, please. He pays honour to him. He pours his heart out. He honours him. He honours who God is. He honours and he gives declaration of God's power. The voice of the Lord is preeminent. Do we have that slide? Sam, sorry. The voice of the Lord, it echoes above the sea. His voice is thunder. The second one is the voice of the Lord has authority. You know, God does powerful things in the atmosphere of worship. He does powerful things. The man with leprosy, when he came to Jesus, he fell at his feet. He wanted to be healed. And he asked Jesus, would, would he heal him? Hallelujah. There we go. The voice of the Lord has his heart. Thanks, Jeff. Um, and that's in Matthew 8. And you know what? When Jesus touched him, immediately, immediately, this man was healed. He was healed from leprosy. The leprosy disappeared The voice of the Lord is powerful, number three. You see, the voice of the Lord changes the lives of everyone who has heard him speak. Do you remember when Saul was on the road to Damascus? Do you remember that? And he's on the road. And next of all, the the, the light comes, the shining light comes. And then the voice speaks to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my church? And Saul falls down. But you know what happened with Saul? The Lord gave him a new name and he called him Paul. And Paul became one of the great apostles. One of the great apostles, you know, for the New Testament church. And that's in Acts 9. Number four, the voice of the Lord is invincible. God speaks in the storms of life. He speaks in your storms of life. So whatever trees of oppositions, whatever mountains of, of oppositions, whatever is there, nothing is impossible to God. And we must continue to glorify who God is. We must glorify who God is. You know what? Meditate on Psalm 29. Learn it. Recite it. Because I'm telling you, you'll never forget who God is after you read that. Um, So the voice of... Where am I? The voice of the Lord has purpose. Yeah. Okay, number five. The voice of the Lord has purpose. You know, the voice of the Lord strikes like lightning bolts. Yeah. Do you remember when they were in Acts? And they were in the upper room. And suddenly, 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 the howling of the wind began to come. The Holy Spirit was coming. And a sound from heaven, a mighty roar, began to come into that room. And the Holy Spirit settled on each one of those disciples in that room. There was 120 flames of fire tongues began to echo out from each of them different languages acts 2:24. the voice of the lord has purpose when the holy spirit came that day you know what they didn't stay anchored they went out into the streets that day and the people thought that they were drunk they weren't drunk they were drunk in the holy spirit they were drunk in the power and in the authority of god the voice of the lord transforms number six the voice of the lord makes the deserts shake. Each one of us has a seed of God in us here this morning. And his promises are in each of us. And there's some of us here this morning, the seeds of God are lying dormant. And the Holy Spirit wants to touch you afresh here this morning. Number seven, the voice of the Lord brings life. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord can twist mighty oaks and strip the forest bare. The thunderstorm of God is designed by God to bring people to salvation, to experience an encounter of His love. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I'm going to ask the team to come back. Just before when the team come back, Adam, can you get that song for me? So will I. Do you have that song? Please. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Jeff. Praise God. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jesus. And just to tie this all together. I don't know what storms are arising in your life but you know what, storms have to cease when we see storms in the natural you'll see them in America you'll see them in those far out countries when the storms come and they can cause havoc but the storm has to stop it has to end so whatever storms have arose or are, are still arisen in your life today take courage the storms will cease Ask the Lord, what's he teaching you through the storms? Ask him, what do you want me to get out of this, Lord? Ask him, is your faith wavering? You see, the disciples, they said to each other, who is this? Who is this man? Yet they had been hanging out with him for three years. They had seen him deliver people from demonic and evil spirits. They had seen him heal a man with leprosy they had seen him pour strength into a man that was lame and yet they ask who is he and maybe you have that question this morning who is he he's God almighty he's God the creator of the universe he's the God that has a voice and he has a purpose for your life he's a God that wants to take you to the other side and he's asking you, when you get in the boat, are you ready to go to the other side? Are you ready to come to the other side? Are you ready for the mission? Are you ready for what awaits you at the other side? You see, God is moving in this country. He's moving. And the, devonic, the demonic forces are moving as well. But God will win out in the end. But it's going to take a faith of the church and a faith of the people to stand up and to rise up and to go and be the mission for your people that are waiting for you people that are hopeless, people that are in depression, people that are in marriage breakups, people that just feel tired. God is waiting for you to take the mission and to go. And I'm going to do reverse psychology here. When the disciples went to him when he was asleep in the boat, and they said to him, Master, Master, don't you care? How about when we go to him, we say, Lord, thank you for the storm. Thank you for the storm, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, you're bringing me in and you're bringing me through the storm, Father. That, Lord, there's a mission at the end of this storm. So, Father, I thank you for my storm right now. I might like it, but I thank you for it. Because when we get to the other side, the enemy is not going to like it. And he's not going to give you a pat on the back. Because when you... Go on the mission. And when you come to the other side, you're going to come full of power, full of authority. You're going to come with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're going to see signs and wonders. You're going to see people's lives being transformed. Because the Holy Spirit will be in you. Because that's what God does when He brings us to the other side. He's going to empower us with the presence of His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah.